Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Song Bro, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome into episode number 104 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. The NFL is back, baby, and so are we. Jess, it's hard to believe this is season five of Babes on Broad. I was telling you earlier, I went to count it on my fingers, and I was like, no way is this season five. We say it all the time, but it's just, it is literally insane to think about that we started this and we were what 23 years old when we started and we were just like young doing our life in in Philadelphia and since then we've had two engagements two weddings we've had a pandemic we've both moved <laughs> twice since and I have a baby who just turned one and you are like literally weeks away from <laughs> a baby it's just so crazy that i mean all of these things have happened and we are on episode 104 in season five of doing the thing yeah even when you were saying that i was like wow like just thinking about when we started like we were in our little tiny apartments with our boyfriends that we were hoping we're going to propose at some point but we had no idea like just crazy crazy we have different last names had you even picked up nelly like, had you even gotten Nelly yet when we started? Maybe. I brand, brand new. Yeah. I didn't have, we didn't have Nola. No. Nope. Like, we didn't even have the dog yet. Crazy. And now we're, you know. So much has changed. With kids and. Well, yeah, you know, we feel long. exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't want to remember, like, just wait, but I don't feel the same anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Give me like a month and see if I'm still all peppy and smiley. They oh, you will you will be happy and smiley. You'll just be a little delirious because you won't. I was gonna say even if I'm miserable, the Eagles are gonna make me happy because we got a fun season coming up with these birds. But we haven't really had any shows this off season at all. We usually pop on here and there, but this year, the the team as I want to say this the least cocky I can say it. The team is just so good that there was nothing to jump on really to break down about this team. You didn't see them in preseason besides some of the newer guys. And even they were barely getting snaps because they're so good. They didn't want to risk anything with them. So like, it's really, we're going into this on Sunday, seeing this team for the first time. So we'll get to that. But there were some things that happened that we didn't talk about. Jonathan Gannon obviously now the coach of the Cardinals and he there's just I don't know if like this is like tactical 
But like that first thing that came out when he was talking to the team and he was like, how'd you get here today? And it was cringy. Terrible. I will say some Eagles did come to his defense and were like, you just don't understand his style. But even remember Nick Sirianni's press conference. Nick Sirianni would like seemed nervous in his press conference. That's what that came across as to me. Like, and Doug Peterson. Yeah, no, I agree. Remember all the way back when Doug got hired, he seemed the same, just a little like nervous in his suit and on edge. Who isn't nervous in their suit and on edge when you've exactly. got Philadelphia media who is notorious for being <laughs> a little tough? Like, it, and here's the, here's the other thing. Like, you can always tell how these coaches have been prepped for these press conferences, not just Eagles coaches. Every new coach that comes into Philadelphia, ever, especially like guys like, for example, Howard Eskin. I love the way that Howard Eskin just like doesn't take anyone's crap. Like he will ask his question and you can clearly tell that the coaches have been, have been like coached by PR how to answer the question. And Howard sees right through it every time. And he's like, absolutely not. You did not answer my question. If you watch Nick Nurse's presser, when he was introduced as the Sixers head coach, Howard asked him a very specific question. He danced around it. He said, that's great, but you didn't answer the question that I asked. And that's just the way that Philly media is. So you can tell that these coaches are like a little on edge, a little bit nervous. You don't really know what they're getting into the first time they talk. That was not this. I don't know how a group of grown adult men take this loser seriously well even you could see their like so that you could see their faces throughout as his speech and they were all just kind of like where is this going because like I literally watched it a couple times trying to tie it together and it's like I, I just I didn't see it like that was a terrible active call to whatever they say like you're supposed to do in the first part of your speech to draw attention that didn't work it was bad. It, it was very uncomfortable. And even when you watch the like full clip and not just the chopped up version, it doesn't get better. It's not any better. I'm so thankful that he's not here anymore, but I, I struggle to see, first of all, the Arizona Cardinals might not win a game this year. And I struggle to see how any of those players or the rest of the staff is really going to trust and believe in this guy. Like there have been several different things that have come out this off season about him that are very concerning. I think when we did our draft, our draft show, we talked about the one obviously where he, I mean, he had the whole conversation the entire week of the Super Bowl with the Arizona Cardinals that was all done. The, you know, they lost a draft pick, yada, 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 which, you know, step one, it's like, okay, you're, you're a little, you're shady. We can't trust you from that perspective. Like what, again, like me going into that situation, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals player, like this new head coach comes in, I'm like, yeah, that's the way you operated. I don't know how much I can really trust you based on the way you acted the week of the Super Bowl, the most important week of the season. Like, even if he did it the week leading up to the Giants game, it would be like a cocky, like, yeah, well, the Giants are kind of trash. So that game didn't like, you know, they were going to win that game. No problem. But that was, I mean, that's really bad. So like, that's step one. And then 
everything that has come out just recently this week, he was mocking that he has any sort of reason, any, any sort of responsibility for losing the Super Bowl. So I didn't know that he was mocking us because I only saw like the report afterwards on Twitter. So it was written. I didn't hear the tone. So mm-hmm. I originally was like, well, no shit. But like it to me, it doesn't mean anything anymore because I'm like, right. I know, like we all know, you know what I mean? No, like, no. thanks for taking accountability. But if he was mocking us, then that's yeah. really annoying. He was literally like, so he, he was talking about the Super Bowl and then he's like, but yeah, I'm the reason we lost the Super Bowl. It's like, sir, Nick Sirianni took, said he was to blame. Jalen Hurts said he was to blame. James Bradbury said he was to blame. Quez Watkins took accountability for the things that he did and the mistakes that he made. Everyone and their mother took accountability when it, when they, quite frankly, were it the only reason that the Eagles lost that game. If you would like to look at the game as a whole and rank the order of people that are to blame, Jonathan Gannon is at the top and it's not close between one and two. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense had one of the, if not the best performance in a Super Bowl statistically, literally ever. The only people to beat them were Patrick Mahomes at the same exact time, because what do you think? You know what I mean? But I, I just, that to me, like just says like good riddance. He's not ours to worry about. Like if I was a Cardinals fan, that would make me upset. I'd be like, you can't even acknowledge the fact, like own up to it now because you're too proud. Like you want to be like, well, I like, you know what I mean? It's just, that would piss me off. But the Cardinals, I think he's going to be a one and done. I saw this um, tweet. It took me a while to find it, but they are having a disaster with Kyler Murray even too. Cause now. Yeah. bottom. Yeah, they owe him so much money. So this tweet real quick just says they would owe Kyler Murray $37 million in 2024, $29 million in 2025, $26 million in 2026 in injury guarantees if he can't pass a physical before March. So that seems like it's a long time, but now they're suggesting that they might keep Murray on the pup list throughout this entire year to avoid him from getting hurt, to prevent him passing. Yeah. Something like that. I might have read it wrong. But so so they're they're like having this whole. Ah. Yeah, like it's like this whole it's football is not that difficult (laughs) and they're trying to. So it to me, that just says they're trying to get out of paying Kyler Murray all this money. Yeah. And they like essentially barely had a starting quarterback until today or yesterday. And did you see and it it look you would think that they're sort of trying to poise themselves to draft Caleb Williams. But he's like, I'll go back to USC. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> oh, dude, like, I don't blame those kids anymore with the NIL deals. No. I just saw something the other day. Um, maybe it's Caleb Williams is making more money than Joe Burrow still because Burrow's still on his rookie deal. Like, oh, yeah, it's insane. Contract yet. Yeah. So anyway, that was what really pissed me off about Jonathan Gannon. The other thing that was another part of that article was he was talking or that that interview he was talking about did you see this the when when nick decided to stop calling place when he talked about that and that conversation like he like opened the floodgates about that conversation so i guess they came into a meeting and nick was kind of just saying he's like i feel like i can't call the right plays and effectively manage the game i don't think he's like it's too much i can't do both and Jonathan Gannon said, why don't you just let Shane Steichen call the plays? And he's like, I don't know if I can do that because they're going to look at me as if I'm a failure. 
And he's like, and he basically said, who, who gives a, you know what, if we go three and 14, we're all getting fired anyway. But it's like, yeah, sure. Right. Like, I'm sure that's the conversation that happened. One, it was the right decision Two, also probably accurate about everybody getting fired. If they went three and 14, it wasn't, you know, wasn't well, yeah. work out. but four, like, I feel like that's just kind of like a, a thing you keep you keep to yourself yeah behind closed doors we don't need to share that information but further goes to the point of like how is how 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 are any of these players going to trust him like I feel like it's go they already look like fire but it's good if you can't trust your head coach he seems like he has a big mouth like he seems like he talks himself into these holes kind of because he's trying to make it seem like in his head he's trying to like talk himself out and be like no I'm a normal person. I'm rational. But then he's saying too much. And it's like, you have a big mouth. Like, this is not stuff you should be talking about. 100%. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel like we needed to touch on that. Give our, give our, because that just happened this week. And I just, yeah. I can't, you're right. It's such a good riddance. Like, thank God. Thank yeah. God. Here's the other thing. When you and I started this, right, the Eagles were, Coming off of okay, so was it coming off the Super Bowl or was it? It was the following year. Yeah, so they were because this was off. the beginning of the downward spiral. Yes, so they were coming off the double doink with the Nick Foles second yes. year to lead them through the Alshon Jeffrey drop. They were coming off that. They went through the season where it was like iffy, but Carson Wentz stayed healthy the whole year. They gave him his contract. And then they immediately drafted Jalen Hurts. That yes. was our first first season of Babes on Broad. So think about, like, we've gone through the up and the down, and now we're back up again. <laughs> I can't believe that we're sitting here. We're sitting here, like, watching everybody else crumble and everybody else have these problems. And I thought that we were going to be stuck in that little rut for, like, easily four to five years. Oh, yeah. And now, in that period of time, Ready? Dallas Cowboys fans have told us how good Dak Prescott is, how much better Dak Prescott is. And what did the Dallas Cowboys just do? Dude, they that themselves for Trey Lance. That was insane. I think the craziest part about that is how secretive Jerry Jones was to the point yeah. where nobody in the organization saw it coming. And Dak even came out and was like, I had no idea. And you could tell he wasn't happy. He's not surprised by anything Jerry does anymore. Yeah. I would say so, Dak Prescott is going to be a, let's see. Let me see. Where where will Dak Prescott end up in 2024? The Cardinals. <laughs> 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 yeah, the Cardinals. That. Now that would be wild. That, that would be would. If they can't If they can't get themselves to Caleb Williams, they're going to go after Dak. That would be something um I yeah I, and and the sweet part of it is and Jalen I think Jalen Hurts said this yesterday with a little bit of a a little bit of a um what's the word I'm looking for just just a little not mocking but just a little like an extra bit of confidence like Jerry was talking about how he he would have drafted Jalen Hurts had they fallen to him but Jerry he was there when you had the pick you didn't pick him the Patriots have said they wanted to draft Jalen Hurts. And Jalen said yesterday, he's like, yeah, there's there's a couple teams that have said apparently they would have taken me now. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. I just think it's hilarious because 
how did we go from like going up to an absolute plummet to everyone being like the Eagles are in trouble to like we were at our worst trying to trying to mimic what the Eagles are doing how interesting yeah how I'm telling you Howie Roseman we clowned him rightfully so back in those days because he deserved everything that we said about him but he he has really turned this team around and he's done a great job and he's complete 180 and I have never seen growth in an organization that fast especially from one man yeah and especially with the way that it was it looked bleak for a a minute in there I mean they were 411 and one they fired everyone they had a they drafted a quarterback but paid a quarterback and like nothing made sense I I still at this current juncture I still don't think that the Jalen Hurts draft pick made any kind of sense obviously it worked out and we're very happy but at yeah. the time like either you're 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 wasting this pick, which obviously it wasn't a wasted pick but you're like you're 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 using this second round draft pick your team won no like you you're you're not doing well you're drafting a quarterback here when you need someone that, that can help you now, but you just paid this guy $128 million. Like nothing made sense. Yeah. I don't know how he managed to turn this around, but he does deserve all the credit in the world for, for fixing all of the issues and learning how to draft people from the team that wins the national championship. That's, yes. that's, that's all. I we heard ask. somebody say that the other day in the national media and they were like, given how he props and they were like, but, you notice now he taught or he drafts from the top five programs and it's a mystery why they didn't know this before. And I was like, thank you. Because yeah. we said this. <laughs> it's not, it's not rocket science. Like why are we trying to outsmart ourselves here by drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? Why does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. I, I, Sometimes I people's pride get in the way and they want to prove that they know more. 100%. Especially, especially when you're coming out of, I I mean, I don't know how many other GMs in the league, this would be something that we would have to look into how many other GMs in the league aren't like, you know, we talk about Howie not being like a football guy, right? Like he doesn't, he's never played football. He's never played in the NFL, not didn't grow up around the NFL. Like he's a lawyer. He went to law school and wrote notes, wrote letters to every single, you know, team. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a very different kind of profile for a GM, I think, but it works for us. And I mean, the, the cap thing, I don't know how the hell that man does it. I, I don't yeah. know how he does it or how he convinces all these different players to rework their contract and all that stuff. So that's I, what I was with the yeah. Jerry and the Dak thing, just how he's like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me anymore. That just shows the complete different culture between the organizations is like, he's basically saying they all don't trust him. Rightfully yeah. so like the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, because he's never given them proof or reason to trust them. Yeah. But then you see the Eagles and yeah, these guys are like, yeah, cut me down like 10 mil. I know you'll get it back to me. Don't worry. Like what? <laughs> it's so different. And, and culture is such a big thing. And with the Eagles, obviously. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, when there were questions around, you know, Jalen Carter from a culture character standpoint, the Eagles are a really good place for him to be. And it's going to the Eagles have had the least number of players arrested since 2000, which. Oh, wow. That's a fun fact. It's really sad that that should be 
like a thing that we know or a thing that's yeah. talked about or a thing that's impressive. Like it's, it's sad that that, you know, that we're having this conversation, but it's the truth. And, and I think that sort of what we were talking about earlier with Gannon as well. And like with the fact that we haven't really done a show because there hasn't been anything really worth talking about because it's been, they had a really good season last year. They did what they needed to do from a free agency standpoint. They did what they needed to do from a draft standpoint. They stay out of the media. They're not making headlines left and right. Nothing is, nothing is going wrong. Knock on wood. Yeah, but like, wood. There, There's nothing. They're not making news. And, and, and when you do, yeah, when you do see them in the news, they're happy. Like Jason Kelsey on his podcast, which is a fantastic podcast, the Kelsey brothers. Yeah. It's so good. But like, so he's just like coming out, like sharing positive stories, nothing like bad or anything. And then even with Jalen Carter, there was a story about how um, Fletcher Cox calls him every single day to talk to him and just check in on him. And like, that's the brotherhood. Like it's nothing bad. Knock on wood again, because it's, you know, if there was any little piece to pick from this, the national media would find it and try to shut, like, shut Philly down because that's what they love to do. But they literally can't because there's nothing. There's nothing there, and and it's it's a true testament to Jeffrey Lurie, to Howie Roseman, and what they have built in that in that building, in that facility, and what the standard that everyone that comes in is is held to. I I just yeah. I think that's you, Before, that can't be before we go into the break and preview this week one game, I just want to know real quick. So a lot of people in the betting world are saying that Indy is the chance to go winless the longest with Shane Steichen, which kind of, I mean, I haven't looked at their um, schedule, so I don't know actually the plausibility of it, but it's kind of shocking just because yes, it's a new head coach, but you have Anthony Richardson there and I like the kid. So I think that maybe he could squeak something out. But who do you think is going to have a better season? Shane Sykin in Indy or Jonathan Gannon in Arizona? Shane Sykin in Indy. I, yeah, that's, that's who I hope at least. I haven't looked at either of their schedules, but that's who I'm actually rooting for, I would say. Poor I mean, Zachary. Oh, poor Zacherts. Someone, someone save Zacherts. I don't yeah. care what team it is. I could actually, I do care. Don't be the Dallas Cowboys, but yeah, no. someone, someone save that man. Let yeah. me see. Um, okay. The, uh, well, they do play. I mean, the Cardinals do play the commanders week one. Talk about a toilet bowl. Is that yeah. game? Um, I think, I think Anthony Richardson is one of those, like they, they play the Jags week one. You would assume that would be a loss for them. I think that's like a weird thing where like they could come out there and win that game. Yeah. I got giant. Yeah. I don't, I, they're talking about them going win this the longest. If, if the commanders are able to beat the Cardinals, the Cardinals then have to go play the giants, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens. Oh, ouch. Browns, Falcons, Texans. Okay. Rams, Steelers. Like, I mean, yeah, no, that's not, that's not happening for, for our friend, Jonathan Gannon. 
I definitely think. I think the I think the Colts could actually have a better year because I think I think Anthony Richardson's the real deal. I, I think agree. he's the better pieces and the better coach. Be, yeah. I think we're gonna talk about some of our, you know, more underrated players in the league a little bit later, but I think he, he's definitely he's definitely up there on that on that list. Yeah. But we're gonna take a quick break when we come back. Like Sam said, we're going to break down the matchup for this week and talk a little bit more about what we expect from the Eagles this season, as well as some other little fun predictions for the rest of the NFL season. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into episode number 104, episode one of season five, technically, but 104 overall and week one, baby, we are headed to Foxborough to see Bill Belichick and the Patriots, something that we are not too far removed from. Um, Yeah, Jess, you got, I didn't even know that they were doing a Brady retirement thing. Yeah, because Brady just, I mean, that was. It seems like it's been forever, but yeah. he did just retire officially. It's been a long off season. Yeah. So I, he reti- I guess he's signing a one day and retiring a Patriot, I would assume. Rightfully so. He should. Yeah. So they're doing, I mean, I'm sure it'll be nauseating for everyone involved and, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's he's the GOAT. He's the, he's the best quarterback that this game has ever seen. Well-deserved. Yada, care. yada. <laughs> <laughs> But Not. the game itself, so despite that, that's really – maybe that'll fire some of these uh, older guys up, just seeing Brady get that. Or maybe they'll just laugh. I feel like everybody, though, respects Brady in the league. Oh, yeah. For the most part, because he is the GOAT. But Yeah, I think he also – you saw a different side of Tom. Tampa Tom was a very different – a different person. Chill. Especially maybe not as much the first year, but he went out, he went down, he won that Super Bowl, and it was kind of just like – it is. I. I am. He I, accomplished everything he wanted to. Yeah, like, and he just had fun after that, and he kind of let his personality out a little bit more. Definitely, you know, not the patriot way. Let's say that. But yeah, true. Um, yeah. So I think he became also after the Eagles beat him, he became a little bit more likable as well. Yeah, it's just me. I maybe we humbled him, so everybody is welcome. But looking at speaking of unlikable, looking at this matchup. <laughs> Everything else. Juju Smith-Schuster. So there's been reports, he's denying it, but that his knee is ready to explode at any point. And obviously he's going to deny it because he doesn't want that kind of stuff out there. But if there's any validity to that, you have to imagine that he is literally shaking, like involuntarily shaking going into this game against the Eagles after he talked so much crap after the Super Bowl and literally the entire Eagles team was like, dude, shut up. You're not good. So he and has to be like, on his own team here. defended him either, which is my yeah. favorite part of everything. And, and, you know, obviously I don't know if he's James Bradbury was asked about it and he's like, just another player. We're playing the Patriots. Yep. I don't really care. They've got other good players. Like, and that's, that's the difference like between uh, grown men and children. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, he's just uh, he's such an absolute loser. He should, regardless of an injury or not, he should be shaking based on the way that he acted. Um, yeah. when he quite literally was, I mean, obviously he like had some catches in there and he, he was a part of the Super Bowl win, but like they were going to win that Super Bowl without him. Yeah. He, oh, a hundred percent. You were not special that day. Um, so I just think that I think he's, you know, just a giant loser, a big baby. And <laughs> I just, uh, I, his face just bothers me. Um, and there was nothing better than AJ Brown calling him TikTok boy. That that I still that. funniest. Well, thing and that that's happened. the thing is like, so yeah, I, the Eagles are obviously the bigger people. We've seen it already, but you know, there's going to be one shock that he gets hit or something, and when he's on the ground, somebody just sees him and they're like, TikTok boy or something says something. You know what I mean? How do you? I not? hope that person is mic'd up when it happens, or at least right? the mic'd up person is close enough to catch it. I'm gonna. I would that. be terrified if I was him, just because like. He's got, he has to face the music now. You talk yeah. all that crap. There's nothing worse than talking all the crap, knowing you can't back it up. And then you have to face the music. And going to a worse team with a worse quarterback. And the, like mm. the Eagles, I know the Eagles lost seven starters, right? And you know, we can just kind of work, work through this now, but the Eagles obviously lost seven starters, but they did so much to replace that, that it, Obviously, like losing a guy like Javon Hargrave is an enormous loss, right? Like double-digit sacks. He was enormous for you last year. But you replace him with Jalen Carter. Like, yeah. they did plenty to, to make adjustments here. And the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots did not have a good year last year. Mac Jones is by, does by no means have the New England Patriot fans completely on his side in mm -hmm. support. I think he is the guy. You know, they've got a lot to adjust and a lot to figure out and a lot to prove this year. Um, the Eagles are just trying to stay consistent and, yeah. and obviously improve one more game, one more win, right? But, you know, it's, it's what are the Eagles, three and a half point favorites right now? Were they? Um, I didn't check this morning. Yesterday they were four and a half. Okay. So, I mean – the good, the good news for the Eagles is there's only one person on the injury report, and that's Josh Joby. So not worrying about any starters being on the injury report. That's great. The Patriots do, however, not – so I guess if there's something with Juju going on there, I don't know. But he was not on the injury report. Devontae Parker is, though. He's dealing with a knee injury. So that's then two of them that are dealing – two of their receivers that are dealing with an injury. Do they, do they elevate Jalen Rager from the practice squad just in case? That would be funny. That would be hilarious. Dude, um, it, it's a full circle in the NFL, let me tell you. So many full circle moments. But the other issue with them is they have three offensive linemen that were on their injury report as well. Now, one of them is just an illness. However, the other two are actual injuries. I think one had a knee, one had an ankle. Um, that's not great when you look at the Eagles defensive line that's going to be coming yeah. after them Sunday. I was just going to say, like, we talked about Mac Jones. I do think he'll have a better season than he did last year because you're with Bill, Bill Belichick. Like, you got a year under your belt with him and everything. Like, how can you not improve after doing nothing in year or last year? You know what I mean? Bill will quite literally not let that happen. So I think we'll see some improvements there unless he just is a complete blowout. But um, moving on to that def our defensive line against that offense – 
that's not going to help Mac because Mac literally sat out last year for like a high ankle sprain and then was like, yeah, yeah, keep me out next week too because, you know, this thing's bad. So, like, he he doesn't have that dog in him. We'll say that. So, you got to think that's going to play into his head. And it's just going to – it's going to – I nobody can see me because I'm on the uh, – on the video doing it, but yeah, it's just going to ruffle some feathers, I think. Yeah. I think the Eagles, yeah. The, the Eagles biggest issue is I still don't think they have a punter. Yeah. That's something I did not follow up with until um, you just said it. So they got to get somebody classes on their practice squad. Do they bring him like, are they just going to be like up and down with the punter all season? Like just elevating and putting him back on the practice squad. Like, is that what we're going to do? Who's taking up that last roster spot that they wouldn't have just a punter? They kept. Are they that valuable? They what was it? They did something. They five running backs, four running. They kept a lot of running backs. Okay, they, that makes sense. They kept a lot of. They have, I think, four tight ends. Oh. So they keep they keep sure. ten linemen on both usually. Yeah. They did keep three quarterbacks too. They 10 linemen, three quarterbacks. So 10, 20, three quarterbacks, two safeties, I think four receivers, four running backs. I would flop the tight end, a tight end for a punter. I mean, but you, have to, you don't need four active tight ends. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That stands out to me the most. Yeah, the tight ends. Yeah, the tight ends, and uh, I mean, and the th- the three quarterbacks. Yeah, you don't. Maybe you they'll don't, just flip them. You don't need Tanner McKee out here. Like you don't need him yeah. on the active roster on Sunday. Like let's just let's just. They didn't want to lose him, I guess, because he could be of trade value or yeah. be solid backup quarterback factory twenty twenty three. But yeah, I, I, they need a punter. I, yeah, you need. Who's who is who is the backup? Like who goes out and punt? Like will. J- or will, they can't put Jake Elliott out there to punt, can they? Will I don't they? think so. I'm trying to think of like who would step up on uh, that's an active player that can punt, but I, to my knowledge, I'm not sure. And I feel like we would have seen reports by now that like Jason Kelsey was punting the ball at practice. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what if yeah. it was Jason? He probably what? has a boot. He's a big boy. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, so what is your prediction for Sunday? And then sort of ultimately, what are you like most excited to see from from the Eagles? So for Sunday, I'm excited just to see this whole team on both sides of the ball actually play together because we haven't gotten to see that yet this season. So that's what I'm most excited for Sunday. Obviously, um, there's a lot of hype around this Eagles team, so I'm not looking forward to the overdramatic fans and the national media being like, that wasn't a clean game against the Patriots. They're not going to be good, which I'm prepared for, but I don't, I'm not excited for, I'll say, because obviously they didn't play preseason together. You're going to see some uh, scratches and some, what do they say? What's that saying? Bumps and bruises or whatever. And especially in the first quarter. So um, I think that the Patriots will kind of hold their own ish in that first quarter, I mean, in the first half, and then uh, Eagles will pull away in the second half. Um, with those injuries on Patriots' offensive line, though, 
We'll see how much they can put up. They do have a semi-decent run game, and they have a semi-decent defense, which seems to be like that's Belichick's thing. He always has random guys, and they're always decent. They always have a solid defense. Like, I think last year they were, like, the 11th best defense, even with a – Yeah, and they were, like – they had a good defensive front last year. They were in the top five, not far behind – well, far behind the Eagles because we were ahead of everybody, but um, in the top five sacks-wise. So – there is going to be pressure there. And that's where I think um, they'll kind of hold their own is because their defense will be able to kind of take advantage of our offense, finding our footing. Um, But yeah. So long story short, I'm trying to think in my head what I can see the score being. Um, Yeah. I didn't even mention in there too, with the bumps and bruises, we do have two brand new quarter or coordinators. So that's also going to play a factor. I'm going to say 27, 20, no, 27, 17. Going to basic yeah. score. I think I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm really excited to see this defense and see that all come together. I'm excited to see, you know, I, the, you know, I, we talked about the replacements of the losses, obviously losing Javon Hargrave is big. Um, but I'm really excited to see Jalen Carter. And I think also everyone is so hyped about Jalen Carter and, and rightfully so, but everyone tends to forget. It's like almost easy to forget that Nolan Smith is also an Eagle. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how healthy Hassan Reddick is after having that thumb surgery. He, he wasn't yeah. on the report. So I think he should be good to go um, for Sunday or I would assume. He made so. comments saying like, it's a thumb. So I'm imagine if anything, we'll see him with club hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's in this game. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, he's literally, everyone's just kind of saying that Nolan Smith is like a mini Hassan Reddick. So it's, it's going to be really fun to, to see them, but also, you know, see the, 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 you know, typical suspects in there and and see how they, how they do. Um, I think you're right. You know, they, the Patriots always have a really solid defense, but I also just think that the Eagles offensive line, I saw a tweet today that said like the offensive line is, is there's some question marks there. And I'm like, where I'm confused. Um, there is confusion, but anyway, um, the Eagles offensive line is, is just so good. I think it might take them a couple drives to just kind of like, yeah, get in a rhythm maybe. Um, but there is so much consistency on the offensive side of the ball that I'm also not super concerned about that. I think the and only- so many, weapons. right. And, and, you know, you, you know, what Jalen hurts has with, with Devonte Smith, you know, what he has with AJ Brown. I'm not overly concerned about, about that. And I do think that, you know, it'll be sort of a back and forth as everyone starts to, you know, work out the kinks referees included, all of the different things are going to be a little bumpy to start the game. But I think, as you said, kind of ultimately they're going to wear down that defense. Their offense is not going to be able to keep up. If you're, if you are going to tell me that, you know, it's going to be a shootout and, you know, you're going to have to try, if you have to try to compete in a shootout, with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense, may the odds be ever in your favor. It's not (laughs) unless it's Patrick Mahomes on the, on the other side of that, right? Like that's, that's what we say. And we saw that, you know, a couple of years ago, Jalen Hurts' first season as the starter, like they were in a shootout with the chiefs at, at, at the link and they lost that one. It was a close margin, but they still, I mean, they still lost, but you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm not a betting, a betting, a betting gal. I know you are, you are, but if I were to put money on a quarterback in this game, if you're going to tell me it's going to be a shootout, 
it's not going to be Michael McCorkle Jones. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that is his name, by the way. Did you know that? That's no, that is hilarious. His name is Michael McCorkle Jones. And I just can't Michael McCorkle. ever again. But with that, I have 3017. We're you know, fairly similar as we tend to be okay. in our score predictions here. What is your prediction, Sam, for the Eagles record throughout the whole season? So record throughout the whole season, I just I'm gonna preface this with I think we have a better roster than last year. Um, mm-hmm. I do expect these first couple games not to be as um big a blowouts as like you would expect just sure. because we didn't have a preseason together. So I think there will be bumps and bruises. You have two coordinators, like we already said. So um I think there will be some bumps and bruises, but I think they'll still slide in those couple games or wins for those couple games. So um I think we have a better roster and I want them to start where they started last year once we get into a rhythm here, but they do have a much harder schedule. Yes. So with that being said, I have them 13 and four instead of last year, they were 14 and three. Mm-hmm. So just one game difference. So technically they're worse than last year record wise, but I think it will be a better team if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that the strength of schedule plays in here. And especially like when you look at some of the travel that they have to do and the yeah. where games are and when and the West Coast back to the East Coast and then Midwest and you know, just jumping all around like that. I think that can start to take its toll. I also think they have, when is their bye? I forget. I, maybe week 10, week 9 or 10. Yeah. It's kind of in the middle there. I can't remember. Ten. So okay. they your back end of the middle. So maybe, you know, as they get closer, sort of injuries limping there a little bit. I just think I have 12 and five, but again, I'm totally with you on, I think this team is ultimately better on paper, but their schedule is so much tougher, especially yeah. as it relates to travel. Well, and, and Jess, just to real quick looking at it, like they have some hard back-to-back weeks, like, so before the bye, they have the Cowboys. Then they have the bye. Thankfully, that helps them out. But then they have the Chiefs at the Chiefs. They host Buffalo. They host the 49ers. Then they have the Cowboys again. Then Seahawks, who I expect to be good this year. And uh-huh. then you have the Giants. So, like, yep. it is there. Those are a rough few games there to uh, kind they, of close out the season. And they start off, like, you start on Sunday and they go right to Thursday night. It's a quick turnaround to start the season. Now, they did that last year as well right? No, yep. it was Monday night. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so it was week you know, two that they played um, the Vikings, which I, I thought it was a Thursday night, but you might be right. It, it was prime time. I remember that, but I, I don't remember which it is, but yeah. So they, you know, turn around short week right away. Then they go down to Tampa. Then they come home and play the commanders. Then they go all the way out to the West coast, play the uh, chargers Rams. They play the Rams. And then they come back, play the Jets at the Jets. Then they play host Miami, go down to Washington, host Dallas. Then they have their bye week. And that stretch that you were talking about, you're right. So they go Midwest, back home, play Buffalo, then play the 49ers. Then they go to Dallas. Then they go to Seattle. So they go Dallas, back, all the way out to Seattle, back home to play the Giants. And then that's on a Monday, short week to play the Cardinals Sunday. Yeah. So 
the scheduling, not even just the teams, like the travel too, it's a little bit brutal. And I think it could have just one of those like. Yeah, if you look at, um, according to CBS Sports, they have the Eagles as the toughest schedule in the entire league. So um, it definitely will play a factor. Um, I say still say 13 and four, just because I think they're so talented. Obviously that's injury pending because there's going to be some thrown in there by that point too, but I could see 12 and five and that still should be enough to win this division for them. And, um, I mean, as long as they make it in the playoffs, they're much more talented anyway. So, um, we'll see how that goes, but I'm hoping that we'll at least, Still, I mean, we will still do good, but I'm hoping that the national media will at least recognize us as being good. Because last year, all we heard was, well, you guys had the easiest schedule. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well. And we still absolutely smack teams around that were on the schedule. I don't know yeah. what to tell you. There's, there's not all much the way else. up until that final game. So <laughs> there's, there's really not much else I can tell you there. I don't. I yeah. Don't. And, you know, it's always. As always, the Cowboys are overhyped as a Super Bowl favorite, and I still can't figure out what about that looks appealing to anyone. But hey, I digress. While we're talking about you know overrated, yep. to close up here for our you know first episode of the season, as we look at the NFL, who, in your opinion, Sam, are the most overrated team and most underrated team? So overrated, I mean, you could make an argument for the Cowboys because year after year, it's always Cowboys. But, um, it's always Cowboys. They always have the easiest schedule. They always have a stacked roster over the last 25 years and have absolutely nothing to show for it. So I don't want to hear it. I will say they're like tied fourth with the Giants for hardest schedule. So they also have a hard schedule, but I feel like their roster and their team's not supposed to be as good as they usually they are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll take them out of it, but I think it's the jets obviously, because I feel like there's just been so much hype around Aaron Rodgers going there and with hard knocks and all that, there's just so much hype around that jets team. And don't get me wrong. I think that their roster is a really good roster and I think they'll have a good year, especially compared to past years for them, obviously, because Aaron Rodgers is that big of a piece to add to a team and then the other additions they have. But I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, like a lot of people say, because they're in the AFC. It's the hardest thing. Yeah, it's maybe if he was in the NFC, they would squeak away with it. But yeah, the AFC, you go to the hardest division. I don't know what he was thinking when he decided that, because he saw all the young, talented quarterbacks in the AFC when he was in green Bay, you know what I mean? So I don't know his decision-making there. Maybe he's just too cocky. Maybe he doesn't care. He just went in New York. I don't know, but yeah, I most overrated, definitely the jets. What about you on overrated? I'm totally with you on the jets because you're absolutely right with the, AFC. not only is it the AFC, I mean, they have to start with getting through Buffalo for that division. That's, I mean, that division is going to be a tough division between the dolphins, the bills, and I mean, the Patriots, within the division, right? It's always, we talk about it all the time. Records go out the window when you play the division. It doesn't matter. And that's not just a, you know, unique to the NFC East. So I just think that, you know, they still have a lot to go through division wise before we even get to the conference with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, 
I also personally think Justin Herbert is supremely overrated. I oh me too. Like I don't get what the draw is. Like I don't get why we why we love him so much, but. I, I don't I don't see it either and that's something actually Dion and I go about like back and forth about because he does have some reasons of like why he sees the Herbert train going but maybe it's just I, I like chalk it up yeah I chalk it up to the fact that we don't get to see him that much because they're on the west coast maybe like is why I don't see the hype but I don't know I don't I don't get it I don't think no. he's he's good sure yeah but like I don't he's, he's not, not a game changer He's, yeah, he like I'm not out here like oh the next big thing in the NFL is here like some people are like I just that's just me I just don't see it yeah. but I'm totally with you on the Jets I think they've got I think they've got a good roster but I also think that like I just I don't I don't see it panning yeah. out all the way it's it's very similar to the Rams a couple years ago not the year they won the Super Bowl I still don't mm-hmm. know how they but <laughs> a couple years like. The year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I, like the Rams were supposed to like everyone on paper. Everyone was so good. Everyone was so excited. They were supposed to be this world beater. Sean McVay is this innovator, like this whole thing. And it's like, I don't really see it. I don't. Yeah. I kind of see the Jets right there. And like, I don't see, I don't really see it being what Tom did. Now, what Tom did at the NFC was a little bit tougher and a little bit more competitive when he made the jump from AFC to NFC. So I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe Aaron has some like mental rival with Tom that he's never going to win, but I don't know. I just think there's, I I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it panning out the way that, that Tom did in Tampa. I agree a hundred percent with that. And then go into underrated, I say Seahawks. I don't know. I haven't seen, I have seen maybe a couple people originally saying that they could be a sleeper team in the NFC, but I have said since the draft when they got Jackson Smith and Jigba that he was going to be such a big key to their um, offense. And also they got somebody else, but it's slipping my mind. But there were a couple additions that I really liked in the draft and I thought was really going to help this team for them. Uh, So I think that they could be a complete sleeper. Um, obviously they do have a tough division that they had to have to get out of, but never against, never. against Arizona. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see. Yeah, that's my underrated. Um, I do think Smith and Jigba to that point too could be rookie of the year, depending on how his wrist is actually. I think he's supposed to play this week, but um he's only a couple move or weeks removed from like wrist surgery. Yeah. So he heard it in the uh camp, but we'll see. Yeah. What about you? I think that these these two a couple of these rookie quarterbacks are going to are going to be the ones to I think they're in two divisions meaning Anthony Richardson as well as Bryce Young are going to be two guys who within their divisions are able to make a little bit of noise because there's so many unknowns in in different spots. That's a like, really good point. Yeah. I think you know when you look at the NFC South the Falcons are not very good the Buccaneers are not very good and the Saints are not very good and I don't really know if any of those quarterbacks that were added to any of those teams are really going to be make the team a world beater right like is Derek Carr going to improve the Saints probably are they going to automatically win the division no is you know is that <laughs> 
that are good? Yes. Are they automatically going to change the course of the Atlanta Falcons? No. Baker Mayfield, what what even yep. are we going to get from that down there? So I think that they the Panthers have also like made a lot of very quiet moves to set Bryce Young up for success. I think Frank Reich is a really good person to be able to help set him up for success. Um, so I think they could could make a little bit more noise than I than they're expected to. And I also think that Anthony Richardson is going to be way better than than expected. Yeah, I, I do think that too. Texans are in such dire issues that I don't think I don't think they're going to make any jumps any fat, too quick with CJ Stroud. I'm 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 rooting for the kid and I hope he does well, but I don't I see the other two taking their teams to improved places versus where they were last year. Yeah, I think Richardson's going to have the best career out of all of them. He's just a freak athlete. He's got intangibles that you can't take, teach people. I think just right now, unfortunately, what you like, it's still that stigma that the quarterback to have kind of is a tall, white passing quarterback. And I think that's why he doesn't get the hype that he deserves. But I think he'll prove that to Richardson's point. So I'm rooting for him in his career. 100%. 100%. With that, we're going to wrap up. We've gone very long today as compared to what. <laughs> we usually do the episodes will not be as long going forward as we just kind of go in and out talking about the the weekly matchups that that come our way but thank you for listening to episode 104 of babes on broad as always thank you to sb nation and bleeding green nation for hosting our show you can follow us everywhere on socials make sure you're subscribed to wherever you get your podcast you're subscribed to bleeding green nation and we will be back early next week to recap the game talk about the upcoming matchup oh we've got a we wait Timeout. Their quick turnaround means we have a quick turnaround. Oh, shoot. You're we right. Short week two. Yeah. We have to think about that. Okay. So we also have <laughs> a short week as well. Um, so we will be back next week to talk about the matchup with the Patriots as well as the upcoming week two matchup with the Vikings on Thursday night football. We will get that out to you. We promise. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's get excited for Sunday. The NFL is back tonight. Super excited for football, and we will talk to you next week.